listening to the Best of Living Wealthy Radio with Teresa Kuhn. Be sure to catch our show live every Sunday on 1370 AM Austin. For information, archives, and upcoming presentations, visit our website at www.livingwealthyradio.com. What if there was a place where your hard-earned cash could grow safely and sanely without being pilfered by bankers, Wall Street, tax collectors, or other persons of dubious character? A place where you could say no to the motion sickness-inducing ups and downs of the stock market. Where you didn't have to grovel on your hands and knees every time you wanted to borrow money from some tight-fisted banker who collects all your private data and then turns you down. Such a world sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? Well, it isn't. All you need to do is call toll-free right now and ask for your Living Wealthy Financial Information Packet. It costs nothing and it will tell you exactly what you need to do to chart a more prosperous financial course and take back what belongs to you. So, do it. Call right now. 1-800-382-0830 That's 1-800-382-0830 Or, visit our website at www livingwealthyfinancial.com You'll be glad you did. Good Sunday, Austin. Welcome to Living Wealthy Radio with your host, Teresa Kuhn. Good afternoon. You are listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard every Sunday at noon here on Talk Radio, 1370 AM and 96.3 FM, streaming live at talk1370.com. I am Teresa Kuhn, helping you live wealthier. Resources are available for you at livingwealthyradio.com. Larry, thank you so much for joining Living Wealthy Radio and me today. And we've known each other for quite some time, but please share with our listeners today how you got involved with this fantastic product, which even though, you know, I am an attorney, uh, I do not practice law. I'm not licensed in the state of Texas, but I am licensed in, in another area. I have come to use and absolutely have no idea how I lived without this product. Well, thanks very much, Teresa, and I appreciate you having me on the call. What a fun time, you know, in our country's history, uh, just celebrating Independence Day and, and having the freedom to watch people enjoying themselves the way they are. I actually got introduced to Legal Shield back when I was a corporate guy. I spent 20 years in corporate jobs. I actually started with the Pillsbury Company back in 1975 and spent about 10 years with Pillsbury and transferred with a Pillsbury friend to head up a company down in Dallas, Texas, and stay there for about five years and and then just tried some entrepreneurial stuff and finally ended up taking a job as a corporate president to finish up my corporate career and when i was a corporate president i actually had a gentleman introduce me to the legal shield membership it was kind of funny Teresa, because when i was first introduced to legal shield i think i was like most people you know i told the gentleman who was talking to me about it i said you know i'm not a criminal i've never been in trouble with the law i don't really use attorneys i don't think i need attorneys so why would I want to pay for an attorney service in advance when I don't really need them, I don't use them? And he asked me a simple question. He said, do you mind if I ask you, when was the last time that you updated your last will and testament and your living will and your health care power of attorney? And I said, you know, funny you should mention that because I don't have those documents and I know I need them. And he said, when would be a good time to get them? And I said, well, before I die. And he said, when is that? And I said, I'm not real sure. And I'll never forget it. He said, if I could show you a way to get those three documents free of charge included with the membership from Legal Shield, and there was no contractual obligation, would this be a good time for you to protect your family? And I said, absolutely. So I bought the Legal Shield membership really for one reason. Now, I guess it was pretty irresponsible at the time that I was thinking, you know, I was at that age in my life and didn't have those documents in place. But because I've been with Legal Shield for 18 years, and I know today that about 70% of the public still doesn't have those documents in place, I don't feel as bad, and it really supports my mission of helping other people 
just like it helped me to know those documents were in place initially as well. Well, Larry, I I work with money, as you know, right? I'm a financial advisor. I have hundreds and hundreds of clients. There are very few clients that I have that have all their documents in place. And I'm not talking about only, you know, middle-income people who think, well, I don't have a whole lot to leave to my family. I'm talking about, you know, very wealthy people. It's just one of those things people don't want to spend money on and don't want to really think about, but it's so important to have, you know, all of that set up, all the estate planning set up. And Legal Shield does it, you know, for free, basically, right? Yeah, well, it included with the membership. They do include those documents free of charge with the membership. And the, and the great thing about our membership is there's no contractual obligation. It's a month-to-month service. So it ever, if it ever becomes a bill to someone instead of a benefit, they can opt out of the service. But what my experience tells me after 18 years with Legal Shield is that when people use the service, they realize how little they pay for the service, and then they realize that they never want to be without this service again And that's what keeps retention so high in our business is because people really have a genuine need for the product. But most people haven't ever used attorneys, so they think they don't need it. But I always ask people when I'm talking to them, if you had the ability to pick up the phone and talk to a quality law firm anytime you wanted during business hours, and no matter how often you called or how long you spent on the phone, you never got a bill, would you call that law firm to protect yourself? And I've never had a person yet that said no. So, you know, that's what part of Legal Shield does. But anyway, going back to my story, um, I got my Legal Shield membership card, and I was getting my – I thought I'd just get my last will and testament, my living will, my health care power of attorney, which today, Teresa, as you know, is anywhere from 600 to to $1,000 per person. And if you're married, that becomes 1200 to $2,000 per, per family. And they were willing to give that to me free just for trying the membership. So that was an easy decision. But then I thought, well, after I get that done, I'll go ahead and cancel the membership. Well, three weeks after I got the membership, the company I worked for closed down worldwide, and I became unemployed, which wasn't one of the greatest times in my life. Mm -hmm. But three weeks later, I actually took a ring to a jeweler to have some work done on it in Southern California where I was living, and he turned around and ruined the ring instead of fixing it. And so when I went back to pick it up, he told me, you know, after I said, look, this ring has been ruined – he said, I can't help you. And, you know, how many times in people's lives, Teresa, do they get treated unfairly by someone when they feel like they're right, but they're being treated wrong? Lots you know, of times. It, yeah, it happens all the time to right. people. You know, and you don't have to be a bad person to have those kind of things happen to you. So when he told me he wouldn't do anything, you know, I said, well, well, you've ruined it. How, how are we going to take care of this? And he said, I did the best I could. I can't help you. So I walked out of his store very frustrated And I thought, what about that legal thing I bought? Because I didn't really pay much attention to the coverage because, again, I was going to get those estate planning documents done and then cancel it. But when I walked out of a store, and it's a funny story, Teresa, I called the law firm right there in Southern California where I was living, and I got a female attorney by the name of Sue Price, and I'll never forget this. And I always joke with people. I said, if you ever have a jewelry problem, get a female attorney because this became a criminal case in about five minutes. And uh, she turned around and she spent 45 minutes on the phone with me. Now, what would it cost a person today to spend 45 minutes on the phone with an attorney? At least several hundred dollars. Exactly right. So here I was able to pick up the phone, call the law firm without worrying about the high hourly cost, and whether it was trivial or traumatic, I could get that legal advice. So Sue spends 45 minutes on the phone with me and then asking me questions, and she says, Larry, give me the jeweler's name and phone number. Let me call him. And, of course, I said it won't do any good because he's already told me he's not going to do anything. And she said, Larry, you're not an attorney. And I said, well, how much does this cost? And she said, it's all included with your membership card. So, of course, I turned around and gave her the name and phone number, and she made a phone call to the guy. And I'm not an attorney. I don't have any idea what she said to him, but I still dream about her from time to time because she called me back, and she said, I'm going to fax you a release of liability. I want you to sign it and go get a check. And Teresa, the same day that the jeweler told me he wouldn't help me, that same jeweler hands me a check for $2,152.32 to replace the ring because of the phone call that attorney made. So, Larry, tell me, why why did that attorney make all the difference in the world? I know it sounds obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and as a, a non-practicing attorney and former practicing attorney, I, I, you know, when somebody gets a phone call from an attorney, why do people like react at that point? 
Well, I think that most people realize that if you're getting an attorney involved, you're no longer joking around about the matter, that you're serious about it. <clears throat> and I think that, that, that most of the time, Teresa, and, I'm, and I'll tell some stories about this later in the show, but most of the time I think that, you know, whenever you think about calling an attorney, what's the first thing you're forced to think about? Money. Right, how much it's going to cost. Right. And, you know, you look at the, the people today making ten, twenty, thirty, forty dollars $40 an hour, you know, $284 an hour, which is the average rate of attorneys today, the math just doesn't work for people, you know. And so most people go, I don't know who to call, I don't know how much it's going to cost, and that's so intimidating, they just take it. Unless and the claim is so big where you say, I have to chase this because the the amount of money is so big it makes up for whatever money I'm putting up front. Absolutely. I mean, listen, a $2,000 ring, you know, at, at $300 an hour, it doesn't take long to eat that up. Right. And I'm, I'm probably going to pay that in a retainer and probably not get any of it back. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that's... That's the reality. Know, that, that's reality. And so you just don't go through the hassle of doing it. But because I didn't have to worry about the cost, because the phone call that I made to the law firm, the consultation I had... The phone call they made to me, the way they handle that, that's all part of my Legal Shield monthly membership fee that I pay every month. And so when I got that check for twenty one fifty two thirty two, I took it to the guy's bank and I cashed the check and I'm standing here in the bank with all this money in my pocket and I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, how many times in my life have I been treated like this by someone that I just took it? And I realized that I would have used this thing a million times and that Everybody I know, I mean, when we get together with our friends, what do they always talk about? <laughs> they always talk about just the bad stuff that's going on in their lives. And I realized that I could really be of help to people by letting them see what a Legal Shield membership could mean to them. And that's when I started the business on a part time basis. Mm-hmm. Now, I can tell you, since I've had my, my membership, um, it was very funny. I was talking to, I had gotten a speeding ticket, and I was talking to, uh, a friend of mine who uh, had told me that he was a Legal Shield um, customer from many, many years ago, and he said that he used an attorney in Austin. That all he did was was speeding tickets, and had amazing results. Right, and right. it hadn't clicked into my mind that I could use my Legal Shield membership for the speeding ticket for whatever reason. I, I you know, I was going to fight it, but I, I just hadn't. It ha- I had not made the connection. And he brought that up to me, and I said, oh, my gosh, I have my membership. I'm going to call them on Monday morning and let them know. Larry, they did a beautiful job. Uh, A couple months afterwards, my son got a speeding ticket, and my son is 17 years old. And, of course, I don't want points um, on his record because, you know, how much insurance goes up when that happens. Called up the attorney. It is the easiest thing in the world to use. And since then, there have been several occasions that I've used my Legal Shield membership for other things that I, I just wouldn't have done because I, even though I may know how to process things as a non-practicing attorney, I don't want the hassle. I'd rather somebody else do it, but I wouldn't pay someone to do it. Exactly right. And that's the beauty of Legal Shield because people can use the service without worrying about the high hourly costs. And you know, about 90% of all the usage that comes with our membership is done as a part of the regular monthly membership fee, and then about 10% is under our discounted program where people really get themselves in unique situations. You know, I mean, they're right now the, the blood alcohol content for DUIs is 0.08. They're trying to pass laws now to drop it down to 0.05. And, and I don't, I, you know, I, I don't, I've never gotten a DUI, so I don't know the first thing about it, but if somebody got a DUI, obviously they've broken the law, and we're not going to include that for the normal monthly membership fee, but we would offer a 25% discount off of what they would pay to the law firm if they didn't have a Legal Shield membership. So it's kind of like my grocery store. I love having the card to just slide and get that discount. So if you find yourself in one of those situations, we offer a 25% discount. And the beauty of it is, is the member's not obligated to use our law firms. They, they can call around to any law firm they want. Uh, and if they get a better price from someplace else, they're welcome to use that other law firm. You know, we, it's, we use high-quality law firms, so it doesn't necessarily mean we'll always be the least expensive price, but 
you're going to get quality representation, and again, that's on about 10% of the issues that happen from our active membership base. About 90% is all covered with just that low monthly membership fee. So it's it's a beautiful situation. And, and that's in my experience. And and it took you know a friend of mine to say, oh, I've been using Legal Shield for years, and there's this great attorney that handles only traffic cases. And I'm thinking, what a dummy! I've got this. Why am I not using it? And and that Monday I called. So. Um, really, really funny. So, Larry, your story, um, you know, how you got to Legal Shield, but your story is, is one, you know, you and I have been friends for a long time now, and, and we work together with Bank on Yourself. Um, but I've always been so impressed and touched by your story because you, you are a rags-to-riches, rags-to-riches story. And you have persevered, and you have just... Uh, run a marathon for the for a long, you know just your whole life story is such is so great. Can you share um, a little bit about where you came from and and how you got to where you are today? Well, sure. I you know I I um, I grew up in a household of having five different fathers, and you know so I I never I always joke with people that it's like every Christmas I got a new dad, but I, I grew up in a household of five fathers and. And, and unfortunately, when I was 28 years old, my, my mother and my stepfather were murdered by a serial killer. Here in Austin, and Texas. Here in Austin, that's right. There in Austin, Texas, exactly yeah. right. And, and you know, so, so it wasn't like the greatest childhood growing up. But, you know, I've always believed, you know, that, that, that life, you know, if, if you have enough faith in what you're doing and, and, and what the big picture is all about in life, I believe you get through anything. And, and, and I think that, that all those circumstances in my life have, have really been a part of my story. It hasn't... You know, it didn't make me fail. It didn't make me succeed. I think it's a part of my story in the fact that, you know, I've always believed that, that there's going to be challenges in life. I don't know of anybody that's had the perfect life. And, and as I've gotten more and more into personal development, the one thing I'm a firm believer of is if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. I mean, there's, there's nothing there at average, you know, and I don't mean that to be condescending at all. I'm just saying that, you know, if you, just, if you don't have any challenges in your life, how do you really grow? How do you learn? And so... You know, I had a I had an interesting childhood, but but when when I when I got through high school, I you know I actually got to the point to where because of those situations with my father's growing up, uh, I left home at a young age of seventeen and and moved into an apartment of my own. But and I ended up quitting school, high school, because I couldn't work till midnight every night and try to do my, do my homework and then go to school the next day. And so finally, uh, I dropped out of school and uh, took a, a year just working and funding my cost of living, and then at 18 I joined the Army, and, and it was back in the Vietnam era, and I did a couple of tours of Vietnam and was highly decorated over there. And then I came back, and, and just I was very blessed to be able to join with the Pillsbury Company because the Pillsbury Company at that time in 1975 required a college degree. And all I had was a page full of medals I'd received in Vietnam, and I didn't have – I had a high school GED when I came back from Vietnam, so I wasn't highly educated uh, from the school system, Teresa, but, you know, I had a lot of life experience by the time I was 20, uh, getting out of the service, I'd already had a lot of life experience, and, and so I just, you know, when I, when I sent my resume into Pillsbury, uh, it just so happened that the district manager from the company had, uh, was also a highly de- decorated Vietnam vet, and, you know, we, we, we got a chance to talk, and he pulled some strings, and I took some tests, and, and I got on board with Pillsbury, and then I just worked hard, you know, through my through my almost 10 years with Pillsbury and started entry-level sales and became a district manager with them and uh, then left with the Pillsbury Associate and became a director of sales of a company down in Dallas for about five years and, and then, uh, like I said, became a corporate president from a company based out of Australia, but I was president of the U.S. division and we were doing very well, but the company I worked for uh, was in 32 countries and they were siphoning funds out of my division to offset foreign losses and then the company ended up closing down. So. At, at the age of 44, uh, I was unemployed, and I got I got uh, I got some good job offers, if you will. But you know, it's interesting, Teresa, because at 44, you know, here I'd been a corporate president, um, but I had spent my whole life working, you know, just building other people's businesses, and the free time that I had, I spent working trying to to, to do better from the company so that I could make more money. And I never really took the time to understand money. You know, I just, I just knew to make more money, and I'd have more money. But I didn't really take the time to, to learn about money. And so, you know, the way I classify it is I was broke at a higher level. You know, I had nicer things, but I still didn't have 
the financial education I should have had. Um, I really didn't understand how money worked at all, and so I would just broke at a higher level. And so when I became unemployed and they stopped paying me, I went from a six-figure income to zero overnight. And it was kind of a wake-up call. And, and so I made a decision at that point that I've always believed if you don't like what you've been getting, you've got to change what you're doing. And so what I realized is that I had spent 20 years working for other people. I relocated 11 times in my last 15 years mm. of corporate employment. So it was a nightmare, you know, and I look back on it. But it was I thought I was doing all the right things by trying to provide as a father and doing all those things. Well, the bottom line is, is when that happened to me and I was 44, I made a decision that I couldn't keep doing, go back to doing what I was doing. Because most people say, I need a job. They don't need a job. They need income. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's a lot of ways to create income instead of just a job. And so I realized that because I'd hit bottom, if you will, that I was going to have to do something different. So I actually took a job. Uh, throwing a 3.30 a.m. paper route, sacking groceries down at the local grocery store. And I lived in a really nice community in Southern California, and I got a job at the grocery store where my neighbors shopped. Mm. And so when they walked into the store and they saw me in my apron sacking groceries and they knew me as a corporate president, they were all going, what are you doing? And I said, I'm creating my wealth plan. And they all thought I had gone crazy. matter of fact, the, the word around the neighborhood was I was having a midlife crisis <laughs> And I told everybody it wasn't a midlife crisis; it was a midlife review, and or that wake I was going to do things different. That's exactly right. A midlife wake-up call. That's right, a midlife review, and so that's how I got started. And 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 uh, you know, I was smart enough to believe that, you know, if you if you want to learn how to make money, you know, you don't have to be the smartest person in the world, but you got to be smart enough to get around people that are making money the right way, and find out what they're doing and learn how to become a human copy machine. So because I had become a product of the product with Legal Shield, because I'd already gotten that check for 2152.32, I actually attended a business briefing open house with the number one money earner in the company. And so we had dinner afterwards, and, and he was, had already made over a million dollars in the business, and I said, you tell me how to make a million dollars, and I'll become the best human copy machine you've ever seen. And he said, Here's how you do it. And I kind of chuckled and said, it can't be that simple to make a million dollars. And he chuckled back and he said, then why don't you go do it your way? And I realized that if I wanted, you know, if, if he had a vested financial interest in my success, why in the world would he be telling me anything that would slow me down? So what I became, Teresa, which I, I am still today, is I became a great student. Because I think the only way you can be a great leader is to always maintain your ability to be a great student and learn and grow. And so I started the business part-time, and within four years, I made my first million dollars in personal income with the company. And, of course, I've been at this for 18 years now, so it's been a godsend. There's no two ways about it. Absolutely. It's uh, it's amazing, the, the business that you have built. Um, I, I know the income that, that you bring in every single month and every single year because, you know, we work together in terms of your finances and, um, and, and the amazing part of what you've built is that if you chose to walk away today, you would have that money coming in every single month, every single year for the rest of your life. That is correct. And that's, that's one of the beauties of what we do, you know, and, and I think the most, I think the most important thing is, Teresa, and it's the thing that really attracts me to this more than anything else. As you know, it's not – I mean, I love making money. I think that there will always be millions and millions of people that are looking for ways to make really good money. Um, and that's a that's – we'll never run short of. And I think that, that people are realizing more and more, you know, what used to be family TV is now court TV. What used to be product commercials are now attorney commercials. Last year, identity theft captured 12.6 million victims. That's over 34,000 people a day having their identities compromised. And so, you know, I don't think identity theft will ever go away in our lifetimes. I don't think attorneys will drop their rates to $20 an hour to make themselves affordable. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they'll be, ever run out of people that want to make more money. So to be able to start a business from home with no boss, no commute, on a part-time basis with no quotas, no time commitments, mm -hmm. and build it at the pace that I wanted to be able to build it, within 90 days I was able to go full-time and be able to meet my financial obligations. And then I just 
worked as hard for my own business as I did for all those other companies. But here was the interesting thing, Teresa. Again, I mean, the first year, as you know, I made $64,000, but the second year I went well into six figures. I became, of course, debt-free, and, and I didn't have any debt anymore, and, and, but I didn't have any financial education, which you've, you've been a godsend to me with the things you've helped me with, but I didn't have a financial education. So, you know, I, I started just spending money, and I thought, wow, and, you know, you got $1,000 a day coming into your bank account because we get paid every day, and I got $1,000 a day, and I'm out just buying stuff, and again, still broke at a higher level because I didn't have the financial education to know what to do with the money. Mm -hmm. So, Larry, if we can pause right there when absolutely. we get back on sure. the other side of this break, let's talk a little bit about your financial education and what, what you've learned. Happy to do it. So, Teresa Kuhn with Living Wealthy Radio and Larry Smith. We will be right back. You are listening to Living Wealthy Radio with Teresa Kuhn. Catch Teresa every Sunday at noon and be sure to visit livingwealthyfinancial.com for more information or call 1 800 382 0830 to set up a consultation with Teresa. She's local and excited to speak with you. Living Wealthy Radio. Visit Teresa's team online at livingwealthyradio.com, 1-800-382-0830 now. Call 1-800-382-0830. Welcome back, Austin, to Living Wealthy Radio with Teresa Kuhn. So, Larry, your financial education, you know, there was a time that you were making um, – with this business, just a ton of money. And before that, you were in corporate America and found yourself um, without a job one day. And the statistics are really amazing. Um, even though we've got just this plethora of financial education, right? What I call conventional financial wisdom, dumb with D-U-M-B, right? Um, you know, we've got the Internet and we've got... Um, you know, all these financial pundits and gurus and TV giving us just all this information on, on financial planning and financial advice. But Americans, for the majority of them, are really broke. I think 70% of all Americans couldn't come up with $2,000 in 30 days if they had a big bill. Um, if they are missing a paycheck, right, they couldn't survive a week. Um, and it sounds like you were in that position, you know, I was, Teresa, I was actually very much in that position. You know, like I said, broke at a higher level. And, you know, and, and I realized that, that after four months of just spending money, you know, because I became debt-free and I was making all this money, and I was just, for four months, I just was just buying stuff, you know, not even really buying stuff in a smart way, I just buying stuff. And I realized that, you know what, this, you can't do this. You got, there's, there's something you have to do with this money, and so all of a sudden I realized I wanted to learn. So because I didn't know, instead of taking the time myself to try to learn, I started, you know, hearing, hearing recommendations from some people about, oh, talk to this financial advisor, and I'm not at all discounting financial advisors. So please, if I say anything that would come across negative, I certainly don't want to hear that way because I don't mean it that way. But I jumped into some things like the Forex market, and I put $10,000 into that. And within three weeks, it had gotten to $18,000. And I thought, wow, that's great. But four weeks later, it was down to zero. Mm. So, you know, that was, a, that was an interesting experience, you know, I mean, because, I didn't, because I knew nothing about it. People do that all the time, though. Absolutely, they because they don't the know. Right. So, so real estate, you know, I, one time I had nine houses, and real estate – has um, has always appealed to me, and I've made money in real estate, and I've lost money in real estate, and I made money in the stock market, and I lost money in the stock market, and this is you know at a time when I realized what I didn't know, Teresa, was I didn't know anything about money, and so because of that, I realized. But you were I a had smart guy. You were the president <laughs> of of a of a corporation. You you worked for a major Fortune 100 company, so. How come such a smart guy didn't know anything about money? Because I knew how to make sure I knew how to make money for companies, but I didn't know what to do with my own money. So, what's the missing key? Why is that true of so many Americans? I'm really because, trying to figure this out. Because we don't take the time to gain the financial education necessary. Because I think most people don't ever see themselves. You know, I mean, at a young age, we end up having children, and you know, then you're going to save money when 
you know, the kids are out of diapers and you're going to save it here and save it there. And the old cliche of saving 10% of your income and never touching it, I believe, is very true. But nobody does it. And I didn't either, you know, because I always put saving as the last thing to do instead of the first thing to do, you know. And, and, and I just think because if we don't have the financial education, we don't take the time to invest in, I should say, that most people don't have that. And they really put saving off to last, and there's never anything left at the end. And so I think that's what, why most people are in that situation, Teresa, because I was there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, um, also the, the whole financial uh, information education out there is about risk, right? It's not about building foundation. Uh, I think paying yourself first, um, you know, one of the cornerstones to having uh, money, right? You've got to pay yourself first. You know, eventually you're going to, you're going to eat, right? You're going to, you're going to have money for food. You're going to have money for shelter, but paying yourself first is the way that you build that financial foundation. Cause if you build yourself last, guess what? There's never enough time, right? Absolutely. Um, something else, you know, there's so many people in your industry that make so much money, but what do they do with that money? They spend it on trash. They spend it on stuff. They spend it on, and I say trash, you know, as nice as I can, but at the end of the day, that money doesn't, will never grow for them again, right? They're just spending it on things that will eventually end up in the Goodwill pile or in the trash pile. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's interesting how when, you know, and especially because of my introduction to you, and I, and I want to talk about that in just a second, but because of my introduction to you, it's, and it's helped us in, in so many different ways, but... What happened was after about four years, and I'm just going to take a step back for a second, after about four years, I realized I didn't know anything about money. So I started taking an hour. I said, I'm going to make a commitment to start learning about money. Now, because I was self-employed and I dictate my own time, I made that a priority. And instead, you know, when I was in a job, the job had the priority, and I worked so hard in the job, I never took the time for me. And because I'm self-employed, I started saying, this is important to me, and now I'm going to take the time because I control my time being self-employed. So I started taking an hour a day and really learning. And I, and I realized, and I started with, with simple stuff like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and just cash flow quadrants from Robert Kiyosaki, and started reading books, Think and Grow Rich, and just on and on and on about, and, you know, and, and, and I've, I've always been a firm believer that if you read 10 pages of a good book every day and you make that a priority, that basically you're going to read about one book a month, about 300 pages a month. You're going to read about one book a month. And anybody who reads 10 to 12 books a year can't help but change because, you know, laws of association and you are what you surround yourself with and you become the average of the five people that you, you hang out with the most. So sometimes that requires changing laws of association mm-hmm. with some people that you might think are friends, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, sometimes it even means you might have to eliminate someone, which is challenging for a lot of people. But if you are goal-dependent on your plans to really grow, sometimes you have to make those tougher choices, but you end up surrounding yourself with people who you really want to be around because it's helping you become the person you really want to be instead of keeping you where you really don't want to be. I, I call that cleaning out your closet. Yeah, great, great analogy, great analogy. Cleaning out your closet. And it's not to be mean or cruel, no. um, but what would you tell your children, right? We're exactly right. It, it, so why don't, we, why don't we use that advice on ourselves? We, we dish it out to our children because we don't want our children hanging out with people who are not success-oriented or don't have an idea of where they want to go in life, right? Why, right. Why would we accept anything less for ourselves? Exactly right, and it's it's unfortunate because it's, it's do what I say, not what I do, right? Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And uh, and so so you know, as I started gaining that education and learning, I realized I'd come to a point in my life where I wanted to I wanted to build my net worth, and I wanted to build it as quickly as I could, and I didn't want to take a lot of risk. You know, I mean, and and so and, and so in comes Teresa Kuhn and bank on yourself, and. You know, when you sent me the Bank on Yourself book from Pamela Yellenen and I had a chance to read that, it was like I had to read it twice because I was going like, there's no way this could be possible. And, you know, it, just, it was one of those things that Coke sounded too good to be true. And so I read it again, and I started really highlighting and getting into this. And, of course, you and I talked, and, 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 and I wouldn't recommend this to people, 
but you know me, I'm you know I've got to know everything about everything. I'm just way too analytical. But um, I spent a, a long time with you talking to you about this whole program before you and I ever started. And you know, I, I hope that it's okay if I say this, but it was fun last week to, to, or two weeks ago when I called you and said, "Hey, I need to know where to put eighty-five hundred dollars a month." You know, in, into my portfolio. And, to, and to, to, to have the confidence in you to really work that closely with me to help design a way to do that, you know, in a way that makes me feel good about what I'm doing um, through your program. I just, you know, I just, I just, I think it's the greatest feeling in the world because of what Bank on Yourself has meant to us and where we are today. Um, you know, I mean, not only that, but, you know, and, and this is kind of fun. My wife's been wanting to remodel the house. Um, for about five years now, and we've just put it off, put it off, put it off. And so I told her the other day, I said, okay, so we're going to start putting $5,000 a month into your into an escrow account for you to remodel with. And you can just spend 5000 a month until you're done. And, and, and yet at the same time, Teresa, just last week, uh, I've been shopping for a BMW, and just last, you know, I, I could go out and buy a new one, which is, you know, certainly I could go out and do that with no problem, but what I did instead was I shopped around, I shopped hard, and I found a woman that was a one owner of a 750Li, BMW 750Li, literally mint condition, mint condition. And I talked to the gentleman that was her broker, and I just said, I want the bottom line price. And he said, if you're a car broker, I said, I'm not a car broker, I'm an interested party. I looked at the information, seen the pictures, done the car facts, done everything. It was in San Clemente, California. And I turned around and said, what's your bottom line price? And I went and got a cashier's check from the bank, and I flew. I bought a one-way ticket from Phoenix to Orange County, and he picked me up in the BMW 750Li in Orange County, went back to his house, did the transfer of paperwork and stuff. I gave him the cashier's check, and I drove home that night. And own that car free and clear like we do every car we have and it's no it's not brand new but nobody else would know it's not brand new because of the condition it's in so i wasn't tied to the car i was tied to the deal mm-hmm. and that's some of the things i've learned is don't let your emotions make your financial decisions you know think through the financial decision and then find the right thing that fits the financial decision instead of the vice versa which most people go through like i did before well, and when we first met, the you asked so many questions about. I, I remember telling you, Larry, I think you've you've made the top of the list of my clients <laughs> in terms of understanding and asking the questions that you do. And I have a, a lot of engineers that I work with. I'm married to an engineer, and engineers, um, I, I love them dearly. Right? I think they make great husbands and 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 great. They're just great at math, right? And they want to know not only how the car drives, right? They want to know how to drive the car, but how it drives, how the engine is built, and you've got that kind of mind. You wanted to know the nitty-gritty. And so for the first year, we worked together very, very closely on, on the first policies that you started, and then now you're just cruising along. You know exactly what to do with your policies. You know exactly what to do with your money. You called me up. I mean, $8,500 a month is not a small, you know, it's not small change, right? It's, it's right. a large amount of money, but you're already on, you already know how to grow your wealth. All you're doing now is just adding the zeros, right? That's right. Um, and you said something to me that was fascinating, that was just um, I wish all my clients would learn this, and, and really all Americans would learn this. You have reduced your expenses to a point where, um, I mean, that's that's your objective. Even though you guys do very, very well, you're not looking to spend more money on stuff. You're looking to reduce your expenses so you can grow your wealth. That is the perfect mindset to have. Well, Teresa, you know, it, it's been fun, you know, because before I knew what what my expenses were. They were 100% of my income. Mm. <laughs> you know, I think that's I think that's normal for a lot of people, you know, and it's not because that's the way they plan it. You know, it's kind of like that old saying, life is what happens while you're planning, right? Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what's fun is, is right now we're living on 21% of our income, Teresa, and Donnie's and my goal is to get that down to 15%. And that's what's really, really cool is that you can, you know, you can really, it's not, 
it's not about you know again it's not the it's not the money it's the art of the deal right it's it's you know what are we trying to accomplish and there's reasons we're wanting to do that which are private but you know it's just it's fun to say you know to to see so many it's, it's it makes me struggle to see so many people being where I used to be and I know that very well I know how difficult that is and how you lose sleep at night worrying about money and to to, to know that we're living on 21 percent of our income and we're working on getting that down to 15 percent. It's just, it's just the most, it's so fun to goal set like that with my wife and to have a life partner that is as is in, is in, is excited about that as I am. It's, it's so fantastic. And one other thing that I think you do that is absolutely brilliant is you keep track of all your expenses. What you do not measure, you cannot change. Right. If you, if, if you want to lose weight, right, but you're not keeping track of what's going into your mouth, right, it's very difficult to lose weight. The same thing with money. How can you know, um, how can you track your money or how can you change, right, your experience with money and your wealth if you're not tracking what you're spending and what you're saving? And, Larry, you do such a great job at that. Well, you know, Teresa, it's funny you should mention that because I, I use a quick and basic. I use a simple quick and basic software, mm-hmm. and and you're right. We track everything. If, if we if we go to the store and I and I spend a dollar and forty six cents on something in cash, I come back and it goes into my cash expense file. I get a receipt for everything, and at the end of each month, you know, Donnie and I have a, a budget target. I mean, we don't. You know, some people say, well, you don't need a budget because you don't owe anybody. Well, we have a budget target because we want to track where we're spending. And in through Quicken, I can run that report, and it shows me right where I am against my budget for what we're trying to sense. So we can truly work our way from 21% down to that 15 and know exactly what category we, we can see where we have room to cut our expenses and set that budget there. And then each month we actually print out a report by category through Quicken that actually tells us how much we've spent, you know, how much we made, how much we've spent uh, in each category. So we know exactly where our money is going, exactly where we're spending, and if we feel like we're overspending somewhere, we say, hey, let's cut back here, you know, and we can track that. And, and that's, you know, I realize it, it sounds hard, but it's so simple when you've got something as simple as quick and basic. But I'll tell you who loves it the most, my CPA at the end of the year, because all I do is I run on my annual numbers, and I send him a report on Adobe spreadsheet, which shows exactly the category, exactly the expense, my 1099s, and I'm done. You know, so it's I, ha- I keep my cost for my CPA way down because he doesn't have to do hardly any work for me at all except plug the numbers in. Well, and what's your mindset if you if you blow it a month, right? If you guys just go crazy one month and you look at your budget and you say, gosh, you know, we really spent way too much here. Because, Larry, you've got kids too. It's not that it's just you and Donnie, your wife. You guys have kids that are going to college. I mean, life is unpredictable. Expenses are unpredictable. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing that is is, is sometimes you do. I mean, in March, uh, Donnie and I went to London and Paris, and we spent more than we had planned to. And you know what we did? We made a photo album and put a photo book together so we could say, yep, we, we overspent, but look what we got from it. Okay. And it was okay because we didn't beat up on ourselves because even though we had set a budget, when we got there, it was the first time we'd been to London or Paris, and we spent money that we really hadn't planned on, but it was beautiful to say it's okay. So sometimes you do, you know, and you just get right back on your budget the next month. You just get right back on track. Um, we've got a few minutes left. Uh, Larry, you have always impressed me so much with your success mindset. Um, share a little bit about that mindset for our listeners. Um, I, I do have many clients that are business owners, uh, listeners that are business owners, but also people that work in corporate America, um, housewives, you know, that work at home and, and are with their kids all day. Share a little bit about, you know, how you how you go through life. Yeah, that, that's great, Trish. I, you know, I, think, I think it's important that everybody really realizes that, if you're going to be self-employed, I, I think sometimes people think self-employment means that I can just go do whatever I want to do, and you know I'm okay because I'm quote unquote self-employed. When in reality, I think we have to be as committed to our own uh, self-employment as we are to a job. So you have to be your toughest boss, in my opinion, especially to launch your business, which is why I think so many 
businesses really, you know, you know, end up in 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 in, in not making it because people don't take that same commitment like they would if they had a job that they had to report to. And I think it's I think it's and I'm going to talk more about that in just a minute. But I think it's of the utmost important importance that we maintain an extremely high level of integrity. And I believe it's kind of like, you know, if you live in such a way that if someone spoke badly about you, nobody would believe it because it's just not who you really are. So I think it's important that, you know, you, you, you take that, you keep that integrity and realizing that if, like I said earlier, if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. So, you know, we have to really realize the importance of doing that because if you, if, if, if you don't build your own dream, you know, I always tell people somebody will hire you to build theirs. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to work and we help make somebody else's dream come true instead of building our own dream. You know, and I think it's important. I know a lot of people will say, oh, I don't want to be self-employed or I don't want to save or I don't have the money to save. And, and I just think it's important that we really uh, have to really ask ourselves what we're doing. And I believe that you, you can never make the same mistake twice because the second time you make it, it's not really a mistake. It's a choice mm. because you made that mistake. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important that, that people really understand the commitment level uh, that you have to go through and that you've got to be your own, you know, your own boss and be that tough boss like your boss is and to help g- you get that on. And I, and I think some people, you know, what my experience is some people are going to look at you and think bad of you because you're self-employed. And I think that the only people really mad at you for speaking the truth are those that are living a lie. And so I've always believed we've got to keep telling. That's why I never have a problem telling my broke story, story Teresa, because you know, it's, it's the broke story that really helps people understand that there's nothing special about me. I just made a decision at 44 years old that what I had done the first portion of my life was not going to take me where I needed to go during the second portion of my life. And I realized that winners are not people who never fail, but people who never quit. You know, once you make a commitment to something, I think we have to live that commitment. I mean, our lives are a result of the choices we make. So if we don't like our life, we have to start making better choices in order to to have the life we actually want because it won't just show up. We have to really earn that right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I think personal development is everything. I think, you know, it's kind of like when I was making money in the early days of my business, um, I hadn't become the person I needed to. I had, I had money, but I hadn't become the person I needed to become to really do the things I needed to do to take care of that money. And I've seen people, Teresa, like what you talked about. I've seen, I, mean, I, had, I had a person on my team that was making $130,000 a year, and, but they were complaining, and they were talking about how they couldn't make enough money, and they were making $130,000 a year, but they were living on $180,000 a year, you know? And so they, they became doubtful about their own career, and, and I think doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. And so what happened was they ended up quitting the business because they thought it was the business because they couldn't pay their bills, but it wasn't the business. They were making 130000 a year, but they were living on one hundred and eighty, and now they've never even gotten back to 100000 again. So I wonder how they're living today. Just over broke. Right. Exactly right. Just over broke. And it's just so sad to see people that won't allow themselves the opportunity, you know, to to, to truly this. You know, I I think that obstacles can't stop you. Problems can't stop you. And most of all, other people can't stop you. The only person who really stops you is yourself. And so if you're in one of those situations where, you know, you feel like you're not getting ahead – um, it, it's a mindset. It has nothing to do with potential, you know. I mean, we were all made to, to to maximize our potential, but it's those four inches between our ears that are keeping us from achieving a lot of the things we need, and that's why I think personal development is critical because it's not about what you make. It's who you become in the process. I love that. I absolutely love that, and I, I believe that truly, and you uh, you live that, and you've lived that. You you did not come from, uh, 
you know, your background is not one where you were raised in a house with a white picket fence and a mommy and a daddy who loved you. Um, and your life has been ups and downs and ups and downs, but it took you to decide that you were going to have a different life. The next 44 years of your life was going to be different than the first 44 years. And you went out and you did what you needed to do, and you've been very disciplined and you've worked hard, and I could not be happier for you today, uh, the life you're living today. And the example that you are for so many people. Your organization is how many how many people do you have in your organization? About thirty thousand. You are a leader of thirty thousand uh associates and that is fantastic. Well I you know, I appreciate your kind comments, Teresa, and I just appreciate your friendship uh that I've gotten as I've gotten to know you over the years and, and I and I love where we're going together. I just think it's it's such a great time um for people to really take advantage of what's available to them. And I love being able to, to share this uh, with you, to, to, be, to, to depend on you for a lot of advice that I need uh, to this day, because, again, I said you can't be a great leader unless you always be a great student. And I just think, uh, I think a lot of people start and stop. And I just think if, if you're tired of starting over, it's time to stop giving up. You know, Just you know, make a decision and run for it. And I think uh, people who surround themselves with the philosophies that you teach, Teresa, uh, can truly, and, you know, it's like anything else. It's like, you, you know, people say, you know, would you like a million dollars or a penny doubled every day for 30 days? And most people take the million dollars right now today, and yet they'd be leaving money on the table mm-hmm. versus the penny doubled every day for 30 days. And I think that's the same philosophy that you do such an elegant job of in your profession and just teaching people how start somewhere, make a mm-hmm. commitment to start somewhere, and watch what happens as that compounds. And you've been a, a gracious friend to us. Um, I'll be down in Austin, Texas on July 20th, and uh, look forward to seeing you down there and just uh, appreciate all the things you've done for me and my family and your friendship as well. Well, it's been my pleasure, I'll tell you honestly. Um, we are going to have this recording on the livingwealthyradio.com website. Um, we're also going to have a link, Larry, to the Legal Shield information for those listeners who would love to take advantage of um, the service. I absolutely endorse it. I use it. Um, didn't think I would use it as much as I do, but um, hey, if you've got an attorney on call, why wouldn't you make that phone call, right? Well, we even have people that are very wealthy. I've got one gentleman with a net worth of $23 million that loves saving money through his legal shield. Matter of fact, he, he, he's using the same law firm. We actually assigned him the same law firm he was paying $500 an hour to, and now he pays $26 a month, and his whole family's protected as a result of that. Isn't that fantastic? It's, it's phenomenal. And by the way, my website's real easy, Teresa. It's iprotectpeople.com. Excellent. And we will, we will link that up on the livingwealthyradio.com website, and we'll have a link to your website. And again, Larry, thank you so much for spending time with us on Living Wealthy Radio today, and God bless. Thank you. Same to you, Teresa. Thank you. You are listening to Living Wealthy Radio with Teresa Kuhn. Catch Teresa every Sunday at noon, and be sure to visit livingwealthyfinancial.com for more information, or call one 800 382 0830 to set up a consultation with Teresa. She's local and excited to speak with you. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The info being presented does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation and does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax advisor or legal counsel or other professional, and you should not use the information in place of a personal consultation regarding your specific situation or needs prior to taking any action based on this information. We believe the info provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.